Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me, as always, is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Joey. How's it going? It is awesome. It's a beautiful day, uh, and we are here to talk more Spirit Sherpa learning. <laughs> and today, we are going to talk about how to pick a spiritual teacher. Yeah. It's, is there uh, a process to this? Well, there is a process. It's not really a process so much as it is a list of do's and don'ts. You know? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just an awareness piece. There's red flags more than anything. Mostly, I just want to uh, tell you, you know, what are the red flags for the people that you don't want to spend time with? Okay. When you're shopping for a spiritual teacher, and, and we just, you know, we had an episode where we talked about the stages of spiritual evolution. And I wanted to do that episode first because I, I wanted to have context for this episode. And, you know, the context there is that people start teaching the first time that they start teaching in their spiritual practice is in stage three. And this is where they're teaching to prove to themselves that they can teach. And that was the prove it stage. Right. That's the prove it stage. And it's very much about them proving that they are worthy of being a teacher. And so from this stage, people worry about how they look and whether or not they have all the answers. And they are very much about, I must be spiritual. If you've ever watched JP's How to Be Ultra Spiritual, you'll see a lot of those people there. Um, <laughs> very funny. Um, but there's a way in which the the work that they're doing, while they are giving you good information and you can learn from them, it's not really about you. 
It's about them proving that they can do it. It's about them proving that somebody will pay them to, to teach and validate them as a teacher. Okay. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we've all gone through that stage. I went through that stage. Everybody's gone through that stage. And there's nothing wrong with it. You just need to be very careful if you're going to go into a deep student-teacher relationship with someone at that stage. Okay? I don't normally recommend that you do a deep level teaching with someone at that stage is really what I'm saying. If you want to take a class here or there, you want to do a workshop, a retreat, fine. But to do a, an intensive dive with someone who's in stage three can be challenging. And here's the reason why. Because when someone's in stage three, anything they receive, whether it's money or accolades or your power, which we'll talk about in a minute, they consider to be theirs. It's their validation. And when you start in a deep spiritual process with a teacher and you're going into a deep level of work with them, it is natural because you are not experienced in this level of work to hang your power on the teacher because you don't know the landscape, you don't know the, the surroundings, you don't know what's going on. So you just say, okay, you take care of me and I'll do whatever you tell me to do until I, until I get my bearings. That's entirely appropriate. That's actually really smart because you don't know what you don't know. And so therefore you ask the teacher to, to navigate for you for a bit until you learn what you don't know and you learn how to handle yourself, at which point you will want to take your power back. Now, a teacher in one of the later stages is going to be like, oh, you're ready to take your power back? Awesome. Here you go. No problem. Because they recognize that it's a stage. A teacher in stage three is going to go, what do you mean you want your power back? You don't trust me anymore? Right. Why don't you trust me? You have to trust me. That validates me. And they're going to fight you for your power. And they're going to belittle you for asking for it back. They're going to manipulate you and, and cajole you and try and do all sorts of things to you to get you to leave your power with them because that's their validation. Not good. And these are the red flags that you'll see. If you, if you talk to a teacher, uh, you know, talk to them and see if they can give you the name of somebody that, mm -hmm. that used to be their student, isn't anymore. And if you talk to that person's student, if they're a stage three person who does that, that student's going to have all kinds of awful things to say about how they left. <laughs> it's just, they, they were mean to me. They made it miserable for me to leave. They did all kinds of, right? If you are talking to a later stage teacher and you talk to one of their students, they're going to say, oh yeah, it was such a beautiful parting and I know I'm welcome back at any time. And you know, they, they, I just felt like I had gotten what I needed and I'm so grateful for what they gave me. That's what you'll get from those students. Okay. Okay. So, so that's a good way to determine if the teacher will not give you the name of a former student, they're probably a stage three <laughs> because, <laughs> because they're going to be like, mm, no, I'm not telling you because they know they were evil to them. So, you know, that's one thing you can do as a research for that. Mm -hmm. You know, there are other ways to, to know how the person is. If you challenge them on something and they get annoyed with you, <laughs> they're probably stage three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
because, you know, no, I mean, it's, it's different than not letting them speak. (laughs) (laughs) If if they're trying to teach something and you're asking a question every three seconds, anybody's going to get annoyed with that. But, you know, if you're, if you're learning something and you say, well, but that doesn't make sense when you consider this, how do you correlate that? Right. Mm -hmm. If you're asking an honest question and not just being a, you know, a hoser, um, then a stage five or later teacher is going to look at you and go, Oh, great question. Let's talk about that. Whereas a stage three teacher is going to see it as a challenge to their authority and they're going to be huffy and, and complain, or they will be like, it's this. They'll just give you an answer instead of contemplating and talking about the different angles. So there are different ways in which you can identify when somebody's in that space, if they have to be right, if they have to know the answer, if they have to have you agree with them. So those are the types of teachers I would avoid in that context. The other piece of the puzzle that I see happening, and again, this is something, it doesn't happen very often, but we talked about stage five and the surrender stage. It's really important to make sure that you're surrendering to the universe and not to your teacher. Okay. Because your teacher is not the person you should be surrendering to. And, and any teacher that asks you to surrender to them and their authority is a stage three teacher. Because any other teacher is going to be, you are a sovereign being. You, you have your own knowledge base. I'm going to tell you the path that's going to get you there the easiest from my perspective and my experience. And if you want to take a harder path, that's your call. And if you get stuck in that harder path, I will help you. Not if you get stuck in that path, you're on your own because you didn't listen to me, right? (laughs) (laughs) See the difference? Yeah. So it's, it's just an acknowledgement of the power of the student within the student teacher relationship. The student has a power within themselves and they shouldn't be abdicating all of their power to their teacher. Even in that moment, in the very beginning, when you're saying, I don't know what I'm doing, can you help me? And you hang your power on them you still have the power to decide whether or not that teacher is right for you. Right. (laughs) Um, I will say this in that early stage, when you're first learning, there are going to be times that you're going to be uncomfortable because that is the nature of learning any new process. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not doing anything. Right. And so I would say that the thing you really have to identify early on in the process is, can I trust this person? And you need to really establish that trust with your teacher because when you get uncomfortable, that teacher needs to be able to help you walk through your discomfort so that you don't run away from what you could get out of the experience because of your fear, because of your discomfort, because of your resistance, right? And so if you, if you find that you don't really trust the person that you're starting down the path with, don't even bother because the moment you hit your first resistance point, you're going to bail anyway because you don't trust them. Okay. You do need to trust the person that you're working with. So once you step in, you need to step in and say, okay, I trust you. Right. Okay. Until you trust the person, you shouldn't step in because you're wasting your time in theirs. And that's interesting because we all know that 
going through any any type of change is an uncomfortable process. But one of the key things here with this trust component is also a comfort with the person who's helping to guide you through the process. Yeah, because they become family. Yeah. You know, I mean, I tell my husband all the time, I didn't need children. I have my students. You know, I, I mother my students in a, in a not creepy way, right? <laughs> I nurture my students. And so I didn't need to have children because I, I get that out of doing that work. You know, they really do become family. You know, I, I truly care about every person I've ever worked with because, you know, you can't walk down these paths with people and, and get into the deepest, darkest intimacies of their lives and not care about them. Right. So you have to actually like them too. <laughs> That's the next piece, right? You got to trust them and you got to like them because you, you're going to spend a lot of time with them. You have to be willing to bear your soul. You have to be willing to bear your emotions. You have to be willing to say, this is the part of myself I'm ashamed of. Because if you can't, and trust them to hold your confidentiality. That's back to the trust piece, right? Yep. They have to be willing to hold, they have to be willing and able to hold your confidentiality that you know that it's not going to go anywhere. That work is necessary in order for you to really get a lot out of the work. And that means you have to like them enough to want to spend the time with them, to ask them for their advice, to ask them for their counsel, to lean on them when you need support, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of pieces to finding a good spiritual teacher in that regard. And then after we consider those things, <laughs> then we have to consider whether or not they're teaching what we want, right? right. <laughs> you would think it would be the other way around. Uh, but I honestly have to tell you that, that the universe hands you the people that you need to know. Mm -hmm. And what you think you want to learn and what the universe tells you you need to learn are sometimes different. So I would really seriously consider anybody who's been put in front of you because the universe tends to, it's the when the student is ready, is ready the teacher will appear sort of thing. Yeah. Right? And, you know, sometimes the teacher appears to tell you that you've learned discernment about who not to hang out with, <laughs> you know. <laughs> When you, when you hear, see all these red flags and that's the learning you get is the, the willingness to set boundaries and say no. And, you know, sometimes it's the, oh, I really like you. Wow, I really trust you. Wow, I didn't really want to learn this stuff, but you're right in front of me. When I was on Walkabout, the universe forced me to learn how to drum. <laughs> I did not want to learn how to drum. I had tendonitis, damn it. <laughs> I did not want to learn how to drum. And everywhere I went on my walkabout, people were shoving drums into my hands, forcing me to play them. <laughs> they would not <laughs> let me not play. And I was just like, okay. And I just surrendered to learning how to drum. And, you know, I ended up actually running drum circles. So you don't know what the universe is going to ask of you. And the more you fight it, which we, are t we tend to do in the beginning. <laughs> One of my students, who you know well, has a tendency to be, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I did that for five years in the beginning of my process. I, I yeah. told my, my guides to screw off more times than I can count. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Screw you. 
no, fuck that. Not going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, we all go through that phase. Well, not everybody, but, you know, those of us who are stubborn. <laughs> Maybe that um, needs to be a sub phase of it, a sub stage of evolution there. Yeah. It's a, it's a refusal to surrender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some days you just want to tell your guides to go screw off because you're just tired. But that's what we do. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just learning to be compassionate with yourself and with your guides. And your guides are like, they're on the other side going, yeah, she'll get around to it. He'll get around to it. It'll be fine. <laughs> and I'm worried about it. They don't take it personally. Thank God. <laughs> because, you know, it would be ugly otherwise. So, you know, when you're looking at teachers, you know, I would say that the last thing that you look at would be, what is it that they teach? Because it's more important that you trust them and that you, you like them and that you want to spend time with them and you want to learn from them. And then, you know, what they give you is what you need. So if you've got two or three teachers that that's true of, then great. Start looking at what they're teaching you and whether or not you want to learn those things. I, I will tell you that eventually it all cycles back around again. When I first met Kathy, I considered learning her energetic process that she now teaches as part of my program. And I considered learning it. This was on Walkabout. It was about 16 years ago now. And I determined that I was working on a different part of work than she would have me work on first. And that I didn't want to shift because I was in the midst of the work I was doing. And so I was like, nah, no, no, I don't want to do it. And so here it is 16 years later and she's doing this as part of my program and I'm actually learning her process now. I'm going through her training <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's being, you know, it's integrated into my training. And so I should know the process. I am her student and we've been friends for 16 years and, and I've stepped into student role with her because I need to, to learn her process. You know, do I know a lot more than the other people who are stepping into it? Sure, because I've been doing this work a lot longer, but right. I'm still a student. I'm still going, so I'm experiencing this. Is that appropriate? She goes, yeah, oh, well, you know, we might want to look at this. I'm like, okay. But I trust her and I like her. <laughs> and I've always trusted her. And I've always liked her and I kept her as a friend. And eventually she did become my teacher, which we had discussed 16 years ago and didn't quite <laughs> get to. So, you know, your teachers just, you know, they'll, they'll hang out until you're ready. <laughs> so it's really quite magical how it works. And, you know, as long as you're paying attention to the red flags and you're avoiding the people that you want to avoid, you know, I highly recommend finding a good teacher. I would have killed to have had a teacher through some of the work that I did. You know, the universe is sometimes a fickle mistress. <laughs> so having somebody who's in human form who can look at you and go, oh, it, it's this, it's okay, you know, is, is helpful, you know, where you're like, am I going crazy? Nah, nah, I, I see that shit all the time. You're fine. <laughs> so you've mentioned being cautious of people who are teaching from stage three, that prove it stage, yeah. um, because they're in that space to sort of prove it to themselves. When you talk about finding a spiritual teacher, there's there's obviously a, a number of different things that you would go to teachers for. Mm -hmm. Are there things that are, and I don't know if this is even the right way to phrase this, but are there things that are safer to learn from the prove-it teachers that also are in their wheelhouse that versus somebody who's a little bit further along? Yeah, I mean, I would say that if you're if you're in stage one and two, you're going to learn from stage three teachers. Okay. Okay. Anytime, anything in the, in the preliminary stages, 
you know, if you go take a class on channeling or you go take a class on psychic development or you go take a class, you know, all the beginner level stuff is likely going to be taught by, by stage three teachers. Not always. There are some people for whom this is their life's work and they, they teach it from later stages, but the vast majority of the, you know, two hour class here and there classes are stage three teachers. And there's nothing wrong with teaching, taking classes from them because it's a, it's a one-off or, you know, you take three classes in a row with them, you know, whatever. It's when you step into a deeper level of training, when you're, you're coming in as an initiate, right? Where you're saying, teach me, I want to be your student. Take me through the path of spiritual evolution, right? Mm -hmm. That's where you want to be careful about what stage you're working with someone in. Awesome. As we come to the end of this year, is there any wrap up things you'd want to tell people before we head out? Again, it's a lot of what we talk about as we go through all of this. And I'm going to say this many times more, I'm sure, is, you know, trust your gut. You know, if your gut says this is a bad idea, even if on the surface, the person looks good, trust your gut. Perfect. Well, that's all that we have for this week then. Be sure to join us next time, folks, as Kelly adds another chapter into your beginner's guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now, so I leave behind a little Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. And my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.